Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Quick, episode 90. It is myself and Tyler here. We are doing a Patreon recommended, or should I say a patron recommended movie review. The movie of choice was Red Riding, the year of our Lord, 1974, recommended by Ferdinand O. Four. Uh, as always, if you guys want to recommend movies, drafts, rankings for us to take care of uh, in these real quicks, check out our Patreon. We got a ton of tiers. We got a ton of perks, a ton of benefits. Um, you know, as always, we've tried to make them advantageous for you guys just to make it worth your money. Um, but without further ado, let's get into our uh, review. One thing before we actually get into like a review, I just found out that this is technically a part of a limited series of like, like they're not considered movies. They're considered like extended episodes. Yeah. They're like TV um, movies. Yeah. I, I was just looking at like the Wikipedia page. Cause I wanted to pull up like who directed, who wrote it. And the first thing that came up is based on a book series of the same name. Uh, and the series comprises of four novels, three of which have become feature length television episodes, red riding 74, 80, and 83 and then 77 is the one uh book that was not turned into a a film so th that's interesting to me very odd that it's like a because what was this? this was like an hour and 45 minute movie and they're considered mm -hmm. long tv episodes um and even before watching um or i didn't find out this was a part of a trilogy until after um the after i watched it so now i kind of feel obligated to watch the remainder of the trilogy especially since i rather enjoyed um the first one um but let's get into our review tyler you can start us off what did you think of uh red riding 1974 yeah so it's interesting that you know this is like a trilogy of tv movies or whatever based on books because like so andrew garfield this came out when he was like no one knew who he was no one knew his name so it's not like surprising yeah. he's in something so small but like sean bean's in this and there's some other recognizable yeah. faces so it's like they definitely got a pretty solid cast together for these um um yeah so basically it's a in terms of the story it's something we haven't or we've seen a lot before it's like andrew garfield's a rookie cop rookie detective that's you know breaking into the scene trying to uncover some some uh brutal killings and he's basically like you know a ton of movies you've seen before where the, a lot of people within the police force and detective agency are, you know, kind of corrupt or they're not really working so hard to figure out the answers. Whereas he's like the rookie trying to make a big break, trying to really, you know, shake things up and get to the bottom of it. And it's really eating away at his psyche and his mentality. And uh, yeah, I'll be interested because one, I did enjoy this. And two, I'm such like a completionist that like, I, I just have to watch the rest of the series now. Like I can't just like yeah. leave a trilogy just like with one watched. <laughs> um, but it, the first one, at least, I don't know how the rest of them are, is very much focused on, like, Andrew Garfield as a detective and, like, his mentality and his psyche. Like, he kind of just suffers for this entire time, and you kind of just see what how working a case and being a rookie and trying to break into a very established police force eats away at his mentality. Um, whereas, like, the actual investigation, the actual solving the crime, like, it, it's definitely happening throughout the movie, but it's takes a back play back seat to him and his psyche kind of similar to honestly like raging bull where it's a boxing movie, but it's a lot more about his psyche and his mentality as opposed to actual boxing himself. It's kind of like that, but for a detective. Um, so it, it was interesting in that, in that aspect, I feel like it did kind of lack in the, like the detective solving crime area of it. But in terms of a character study on, uh, I forgot Andrew Garfield's character's name, uh, Eddie Dunford, Eddie. um, in terms of a character study on him, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, 
like I mentioned, the cast is quite strong, even though these are TV movies. Like, uh, pretty there's a lot of people that I recognize their faces, even though Sean Bean and like Andrew Garfield are only like names that I recognize just from reading them yeah. off. Um, but yeah, uh, I had a good time with it. Andrew Garfield, it was like one of his first projects ever, and he already was showing that he's like going to be an incredible actor. So, uh, I, I pretty much came away with it, not really being blown away by anything, but enjoying my time with it overall. I feel like the beginning was pretty solid and the ending I thought was really, really good. Um, but the middle, I think, dragged a little bit for me to where I wasn't super engaged into it. But overall, I gave it a 5.9 out of 10 for three stars. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with like everything, uh, all, all the sentiments that you said. I feel like Zodiac is like the perfect example of a crime character study that doesn't really, um, you know, put the detective aspect and the crime aspect in the back seat. Like they're both very much the forefront of that movie. Um, and, and the comparison to Red Riding, where this is a character study through and through. Th this movie should have been called Let Andrew Garfield Suffer for Two Hours Straight. Um, and that's, I think, one thing for me that's kind of holding the movie back is that I was so intrigued by the crime of choice in this movie and this serial killer um, that I, I just wanted more from that. Um, I also love, it, like, I love going back and watching like these like now acclaimed actors and kind of like where they started. Cause like we said, Andrew Garfield is, he's one of the best out there. He's one of the best that's been doing it over the last 15 years. Um, and I also don't know if you ever watched uh, under the banner of heaven, which was the limited series mm -hmm. on FX. It came out. When did me and Victoria watch it? Was like it? A year, yeah. Only like a year ago. Wasn't yeah. It? it was like a year, year and a half ago. I, I, yeah, because we were still, I was still living at home when it came out, so it had to have been like a year, a year and a half ago. Um, but it basically, uh, at the surface, same exact thing. Andrew Garfield is playing this detective who just kind of like swallows his mentality and just dives into like this deep abyss of like depression, trying to uncover um, uh, these like murders that are going on. So that I thought that that I loved watching because like he started his career in that role went on to do Spider-Man, went on to do Silence, went on to do a musical Tick, Tick, Boom, and then it kind of like full circle back into um, this like deranged cop character uh, whose mentality is just being suffered at the hands of this case that he's trying to unravel. Um, and it's also so interesting to see like just how much he's perfected like that role since 2009. Um, and if you haven't seen Under the Banner of Heaven, you absolutely should. It was one of my favorite shows of 2021 i guess it came out um or early 2022 whichever year it came out i remember it was very high in my rankings um one thing that like threw me not for a loop but and i don't know if you feel the same like you said i think the introduction like the first act was was fantastic i loved watching like andrew garfield's character um and it was a little cliched he comes off as this like very you know cocky-ish uh you know rookie journalist um, so it was a little cliched. And then as the movie goes along, the second act drags, as you said, but then the third act kind of like, it doesn't like completely like swallow the, the, uh, the character study of Andrew Garfield. It like holds up with that, but it does bring the detective aspect to the forefront. And I think the movie gets a little too convoluted for its own good. Um, which kind of threw me for a loop because like you said, it was very raging bull esque. where like raging bull is a boxing movie, but it's more of a character study. This movie was a character study for two thirds of the movie. The third act was still a character study, but then it tried to like amplify like our engagement to like the, the detective aspect and the crime aspect of this movie, which 
personally didn't work as well for me as as I think it you know seemed to have worked more for others. I, I gave this movie a three and a half stars, which seems to be about average for the letterbox um, rating. I think it has like a three point four or three point five on uh, on average right now. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a nice watch, and just like you said. I, I don't think I'm as much of a perfectionist as you are, but now I just, I have to finish the trilogy. I can't start one and end it. Um, just for everyone listening. Um, so the events and this, I'm just reading this stray from Wikipedia. The events take place, and this is for all three films. The events take place between 1974 and 1983 uh, and have as their background, the Yorkshire Ripper killings, um, which is set in Leeds, Bradford, Halifax, and the rest of West Yorkshire. Um, the books and the films follow several recurring fictional characters through a bleak and violent world of police corruption and organized crime. Um, so, so there's a lot going on in all three of these movies, and I'd be very curious to see where two and three uh, kind of go. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not, and I hate to say this as ignorant as it sounds, I'm not really like up to speed in the Yorkshire killings. I, I don't entirely know um, the magnitude of them. I don't know, you know how far they spanned. Um, so I, I would be con like very intrigued to continue this trilogy just to, to increase my knowledge on that. Yeah. And I, I think that might be like a credit to the, the movie or the TV trilogy itself, because I'm looking it up and it looks, everything I'm seeing, it looks like it's about it's fictionalized accounts of the investigation and the, okay, wait, so fictionalized accounts and the investigation of the Yorkshire Rippers. So it sounds like the Yorkshire Ripper was like real, but like the investigation, they're just kind of like making like yeah. up a story of how they investigated him. So, I mean, honestly, it kind of more parallels like Zodiac because like obviously Zodiac at this point has been figured out. But by the time movie came out, it wasn't figured out. They kind of just kind of had to make up like But I mean, it was probably somewhat true, but I don't know. It sounds like they basically went out the Yorkshire Ripper and made up some somehow kind of how like these like I'm sure like a Eddie Dunford must be like a, a fictionalized detective. And they kind of just tell the story of the Yorkshire Ripper through these kind of fictional detectives and police forces. But but yeah, it, it, it intrigues me. It sounds like the second one goes deeper into it, but it's also interesting because the second movie is like the third book because they skipped one because it looks like the books went every yeah. three years, but like it goes movie one is 74, then it jumps to 60, then 83. So it goes six year jump, then three year jump. But uh, yeah, like uh, it's just something that just didn't blow me away, but there's never a point where I thought it wasn't great. Um, it's Yeah, it is interesting that they got such a great cast together for this TV series. I mean, I guess... 2009 when it came out is a time when tv was still like very prestigious so yeah i, I guess they were able to get a lot of the big actors in, in in the uk together um fun fact though andrew garfield fake british person he he was born in los angeles which i, I didn't even know he was <laughs> born in la when he was three years old he moved to the uk yeah. and his parents his parents are british but he he's was born in la so he's just like another typical hollywood elitist actor he's not actually a british actor so fake news the whole time but yeah he gets to show off his yorkshire accent um i wonder because i saw a lot of reviews saying like oh he did so great in this series and then like the next year he was in the social network which took it sent off his career which i'm sure this 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 trilogy helped but i don't know i guess i feel like he was probably if the if social network came out in 2010 and these came out in 2009 i'm sure he was probably cast and probably yeah. recorded the whole movie before this aired on tv so but yeah, I don't know. It was, it, that was kind of this came out like right when he was breaking out, so it was like kind of cool to see, like you said, go back to his really early stuff, which is kind of the first. He was in a couple things since like 2004 before this, but 
they were all super minor. This is probably like the first time he was in something that like a decent amount of people watched. So it was interesting going back to that point because clearly he he showed off his acting chops and he was pretty strong in this, um, which shouldn't really surprise us. We all know Andrew Garfield's a great actor. Yeah, and even looking at his filmography, like everything before 2009, I don't even recognize the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, the other Bolin girl. Um, so yeah, see, it's, it's 2009, and he was in all three episodes, and looking at the cast list, it doesn't seem like a lot of people were in all three. Sean Harris was, Robert Sheehan was, Sean Dooley was. Um, wow, this is a stacked fucking cast mm-hmm. across, across like all three of these trilogies, so I truly wonder, like, where did Andrew Garfield come up in this? Because like you said, at this point in his career, he was not, like, that acclaimed of an actor, which even makes me wonder, like, why David Fincher cast him in the social network. Obviously, fantastic choice. One of the best supporting actor performances ever. But up until this point, even in television, you know, he was in Doctor Who. He was in two episodes. So that's not that's not really much. But like after 2009, he fucking blew up. Went from the social network to doing Spider-Man back-to-back, Hacksaw Ridge, Scorsese Silence. Obviously, should have won for Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, but yeah, th- this was... Um, a crazy outing, in my opinion, for for Andrew Garfield because he really did show his acting chops, and especially a character like this that just absolutely goes through it. Even if you look at like all the letterbox reviews, they're all just the same thing worded differently. Andrew Garfield suffering for two hours straight. Um, so this was a fantastic like. I, it's not even like an introduction, but this was a great like first outing for like people to like truly recognize him and see like what he's capable of, and then obviously goes on to do the social network where he should have won for best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, Andrew Garfield should have two Oscars to his name and it pisses me off that he doesn't. Um, yeah, it's crazy because like he, so it sounds, it looks like he made his feature film debut and also another TV movie called Boy A in 2007. So, but at that point he was 24 years old. So it's just like, he just aged so well because I feel like from like 2007 to like now, pretty much, he's kind of looked the same. Like in 2000, in, in this movie, like in this TV movie, you just watched Red Rising, Year of Our Lord, uh, 1974. He like, I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked if it came out like two years ago or something based on yeah. how he looks. Like he just like kind of just stayed that same age the entire time. But it, it, like you said, it is interesting. I wonder how David Fincher found him or if he just kind of auditioned and gave a, a hell of an audition because beyond just like being a huge role in like a Fincher film, which Fincher was obviously very well established before the social network came out, like Andrew Garfield plays. Zuckerberg's business partner named Eduardo Saverin, who's a Brazilian man, so like very much not Andrew Garfield. Like does not yeah. look or sound Brazilian in any way. Eduardo does not look like something you'd ever think of him. So it's like to to like but and like there's obviously always discussion about like casting someone who's like not in that ethnicity, but usually people do it when it's like or only do it when it's like clearly such a strong actor. They're like, well, it's like worth it to take a leap here because like they're so good as an actor that we want to have them portray this role. But it's like he's literally had nothing before this. So for like Fincher to be able to be like, yeah, let's like just cast this like Brazilian dude named Eduardo as like this no name guy who's been in a couple TV movies. is kind of like a crazy, crazy leap that Fincher or I guess whoever his like casting lead was, which is just kind of like crazy that it worked out so well because he I mean, I guess he probably was the best part of the social network acting wise, but. I guess I won't say it too confidently because I did really, really love Jesse Eisenberg in it, but he was just like another phenomenal part of the movie, Andrew Garfield. So it was just like, yeah, crazy that Fincher was able to find him when he did really nothing before this. But I also wonder, like the social network is such like a, 
it's not a film that requires like a ton of editing for like CGI purposes. So like if that movie was filmed in 20 days, I would not be surprised. So a True. jump from 2009 and Red Riding, like maybe Fincher saw Red Riding 74 and then decided like maybe it was such a not a last minute casting, but like it's not like he needed like three years to like cast the role of Eduardo Saverin. Maybe he saw him in 1974 and was like, damn, this dude's got fucking potential. Let's bring him on for the social network. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, at that point, Fincher was such an established filmmaker in 2010, whenever the, the social network came out, um, for mm -hmm. Garfield to jump from essentially nothing on his filmography, both TV and movies, to, to that is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it is crazy how quickly he ascended, because like obviously he had social network, and then like you were talking about through his whole filmography, and I guess, I don't know, like in... In my mind, it's just historically, Andrew Garfield kind of just seemed like he had like a, a gradual, natural rise to the top. But like, I guess Tasm came out in like 2012, which is like kind of earlier than I thought or remembered it. So it was just like back to back to back bangers. But I'm just looking on the Wikipedia page right now. So like, take it for what you will. But sounds like Fincher, like it sounds like uh, Garfield auditioned for the role of Mark Zuckerberg in the social network, which is really interesting. And then Fincher found him better suited for Saverin. But that's like so weird like I, it's just like one of those things that like when you hear like killian murphy auditioning for the batman or something like you're obviously yeah. like, they're a great actor but like i could never in a million years my mind no. picture that working out like i could never picture andrew garfield being mark zuckerberg like because like, it's just like one of those things where like jesse eisenberg was just like such a perfect cast casting decision yeah. for that that's like man i could never picture andrew garfield but also like i could probably I don't know if I could ever picture Andrew Garfield from like watching the social network and watching red rising like picture picture him being a red riding picture and being spider-man so i guess that worked out well yeah, but, yeah true that's also like um oh uh jason momoa auditioned for batman before it was <laughs> that's crazy cast to, to ben affleck and he was cast as aquaman which is just fucking hilarious because like now years later it's like no i can't see him as batman i can't see andrew garfield as zuckerberg i can't see killian murphy as uh as batman in the nolan trilogy but then like then they were cast in these supporting roles and we were like, okay, well they're perfect for these roles. Um, I don't know how much into spoilers you want to go. I, I don't, I, yeah, much. I don't really have anything else. Yeah. I don't think this is much of a, a spoilery movie. Like you said, to start your review, this really isn't anything like we haven't seen before we've seen it done and we've seen it done better, but for, for a book to film long television show, which is still weird to say since they're two hours each, um, I think this was a really solid adaptation. I think this was a really solid outing for for Andrew Garfield. There was a lot of range that he had to show in his acting chops. And and like we've said a few times in this review, you're just watching this man be tortured for, for two hours straight. And he's such a good actor that he sells it completely. Um, it's a lot of a character study, which I adored. Um, I went with a three and a half out of five. I believe, um, what did Cam say? Unfortunately, Cam couldn't join. He's dealing with some personal issues. Cam gave it a 67 out of 100, so around a 3.5 out of 5 um, a lot. And he says, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, thought the ending was good. Um, interesting that, the, that it's a trilogy that came out all in the same year. That is interesting, but now that I know it's like a long TV show, I guess, it, it kind of makes sense, but still three two-hour episodes in one year is kind of cracked that's like um what was that fucking horror trilogy that came out last year fear street mm. um same thing they all came out within like a week of each other 
Um, so yeah, uh, very interesting. I enjoyed it. Three and a half out of five. Cam also enjoyed it. 67 out of a hundred. Tyler 5.9. Nailed it. Out of 5.9 out of 10 for three stars. Um, we could wrap up our review there. Um, keep an eye out for our letterbox because I'll, I'm definitely going to be checking out uh, the remaining two, which is 1980 and 1983. I wonder what the decision to not adapt 77 into a novel, uh, into a, into a, uh, feature length television mm-hmm. episode was, I'd be curious to, to look into that. Um, but that'll wrap up our, our review of the red riding trilogy, part one, 1974, um, highly recommend if you guys are into, uh, you know, if you guys like Zodiac, if you guys like seven, um, these detective character studies. So highly recommend it again, our Patreon, uh, if you'd like to recommend us movies, drafts, rankings, games, take a look at our Patreon. Uh, we do two of these every single week and follow us on all of our socials. We are pretty much everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Twitter. Um, that'll wrap up real quick episode 90, and we will see you guys soon for episode 91.